I love my baby. I just need some sleep. I need a vacation. What am I doing wrong? I'm so tired. Am I doing this right? I just need 10 minutes of peace. I'm doing this for my child. This is New Age Mamas. this diamond it's your girl philly hey this shay hey y'all it's jasmine and welcome to new age mama's podcast Woo! yes 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 we're on episode number three this is really number great how's, how's everybody feeling feeling great i'm feeling tired today mm-hmm. i'm feeling good you. Yeah, I'm on a tired stream too, Shay. I feel that. But I'm glad everybody, you know, is a good mindset. Um, so, of course, as we mentioned in our first episode, we all have uh, COVID babies. We've all, you know, delivered through the pandemic, different parts of the pandemic, of course. So we're just going to kind of go through our stories to kind of see, you know, how did everybody navigate dealing with the COVID, like COVID. Like, I know it was really rough. Um, I mean, if you want to go ahead, you can tell your story. Yes. Okay. At the beginning, I wasn't really, you know, thinking much of it. It didn't really like hit me and affect me until I actually went into labor and delivery when I realized mm-hmm. like, dang, my mom can't be in the room. I think that was the part that like affected me and hit mm-hmm. me the most because it was just like we were only able to have one other person in the room, which of course I decided to do my child's father. But I also wanted like the support and I wanted my mom to be there. Um, I think I should have like, I think it didn't kick in, but it should have kicked in right away once they like cut off the doctor's appointment visits. Well, I still was able to go to the doctor's appointment visits, but cut my partner off from coming into the doctor's appointment visits. So it was like, he was no longer able oh, to yeah. see, you know, know. When did they, when did that start? Like what part of your pregnancy was they like, okay, no more dad coming? It was seven or eight months it was yeah around seven or eight months so yeah so once I found out that he was there for the gender finding out the gender but after that it was no more dads no more you know support so you had to like come into doctor's appointments by yourself um which I really thought was bogus yeah we had to come to these doctor's appointments by ourselves well I mean we facetimed but I felt that was bogus (laughs) yeah yeah and now that's the third too, trimester. But it still felt so weird. Yeah, like he would take me so to all my appointments. That like he would literally take me to all my appointments, but had to sit in the car. And it was just like you know so wrong. Like he should be able to experience this too. Was coming back to the car. Oh look at this picture. Like look at this. And just mm-hmm. like you couldn't at that time enjoy that moment. So it was like it was shocking. And then like I don't want to you know spend up too much time. So like to fast forward going to the hospital it was like I wasn't able okay so when I I got to the hospital I was in pain Uh, my parents took me to the hospital uh my partner was somewhere uh somewhere so he they took me to the hospital I arrived they told me I was one centimeter so they sent me home a couple of hours later I went right back up there and the lady literally told me she like we just sent you home I said yeah and I'm back because it hurts like (laughs) <laughs> I, I, you sending me home but I'm coming back so they end up checking me and I was 
three centimeters at that time. So the man was like, we glad you came back because now you're further along. So now you can stay. But before we can let you upstairs, we have to do the COVID test and things of that mm. nature. And it was like, I didn't want to, but it's like, I knew I didn't have no choice but to do it. That was the first time I did the COVID test. And actually when they did it, I heard a lot of things about it. On how that it was occurred. your first time getting the COVID test? That was my But she was at the time. beginning of the pandemic though. You could yeah, I definitely was at the beginning girl. of the pandemic. And that was yeah, my so. first time getting tested. Like I didn't, you know, some people had to get tested regularly on the job. Some people, I, I didn't have a job. Like, so at the time that I was pregnant, I didn't have a job. I was always at home. I wasn't going nowhere. So I never needed or you know had the desire to get the test so it was like when I first did the test everybody was like oh my god it hurts so bad they stick you so far up your nose that or this that or that mm. it did not hurt me at all and I'm like I think because I was sticking up other pain but it was like my experience was different I just my my main focus and main part that affected me was not having you know my my mom there or someone else there in the room so like, okay, yeah. Uh, oh, so I was I was gonna ask a question. Um, because I know you talked about like it being at the beginning of the pandemic. Did you feel like you had any other? I know you didn't have like a lot of mom friends at that time besides one, but like, did you feel like you had any other examples of other COVID pregnancies? Like maybe anything you seen online, or you kind of felt like you was going into it blind to even know what to expect? No, I wasn't. I wasn't the type to look up things online like I know a lot of people do a lot of research they you know talk to the nurses talk to the doctors ask a bunch of questions I honestly was like a go with the flow type of person I was never questioning this or questioning that I was I don't know if it was because I was young and I wasn't really thinking at the time I didn't think like the pain level would you know be as high I was just more so like chill and relax and just taking advice from family members. Like everyone was, you know, cool and supportive uh, during COVID. Like, so it was, it was good. Um, the crazy part is I changed my baby shower date three times because Dang. of COVID. So it was like, the I had the first date and it's like, no, you got COVID. Then I had the second date. Okay. It should slow down or, you know, be going to something by then. No, that didn't work. So my parents was like, we're just going to have to do the drive-by baby shower. Like people drop their gifts off. They blow the horn, right. keep going. And I'm like, no, I'm having this baby shower. It's not fair. Everybody else get to have a baby shower. I'm having the baby mm-hmm. shower. So we just decided to like, everybody had to wear a mask. Everybody had to get their temperature checked. My dad was taking checking temperatures at the door. Uh, we only had a certain amount of people, no more than 50. So like we was trying to make sure, you know, I stay safe and everybody else stays safe. Um, I was speaking to everybody. I made sure I didn't hug everybody and told everybody like, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm pregnant. There's like, I don't, you know, want all the germs, things of that nature. We kept hand sanitizer around. So we was like following the protocol and everything and everything turned out well. It was just like, it was stressful, especially like planning the baby shower again, changing the, th- the date three times after you told people two other dates and it was just a lot. So so when you went to the hospital, Diamond, um, did you give your son natural or did you take, um, I can't think of the name of it. The epidural. Yes. Thank you. No, I had the epidural. So once they, they did the COVID test and I was further along, that's when they, uh, 
they came back. They said my test was good. They sent me upstairs. Oh, yeah. So they didn't let my partner in the first the first room. So like when I first got there, he had to wait outside in the waiting room. So he waited yeah. outside in the waiting room. They did the COVID uh, test and all that stuff. Like three hours later, that's when they sent me upstairs. So I asked for the epidural right away. I got it right so away. Wait, they made you wait three hours, girl? Yeah, they made me wait three hours. Oh, I mean, I she only came to the hospital three centimeters. <laughs> yeah, I was only like three centimeters. So I guess they was trying to wait till I was like further along to send me upstairs. So they sent me upstairs and then that's when I got the epidural. My uh, boyfriend actually like was shaking and finna pass out. The nurses call him before he hit the ground. So they call him. Um, they set him down. They like fanned him and stuff and what? like gave him water. <laughs> because I, I guess because what he was he nervous yeah I think because he was nervous and at the time I was pushing so I think it was like his sight and all that stuff so the nurse is like oh my god he's gonna fall one of the nurses so uh two other ones ran and called him they set him down shout out to the nurses because they definitely be yeah, that would have blew sure. me I'd have been like what is he being dramatic for I'm the one yeah, exactly. I said <laughs> I said I'm like, of you. I was like, oh, my God, is he okay? So, and that, as I'm pushing, the nurse was, he, he, you know, came back and all that stuff. He came back and held my feet. The other nurse had my other feet. So, she was like, uh, basically, you've been pushing too long. Um, we finna have to cut you. I told the nurse, I said, no, you're not. So, I started pushing even harder. I was already kind of upset because my doctor that was supposed to deliver my baby wasn't in the room. They came in the room and told me he's currently delivering twins right now. And at this time, like, I can't hold on. Like, my baby is coming out. So I couldn't, like, hold on for him. Uh, he was delivering twins. So he came in after the fact and all that stuff. Once my baby came out and all that, um, my boyfriend cut the umbilical cord. Everything was fine. Oh, so when my baby first came out, they said, like, he um, was having, like, fluid problems and heart problems and stuff they was like they didn't basically know they said it was something that was normal and stuff normally when a baby comes and something basically was going on I'm not sure exactly what happened so I started panicking and that's like no this is something normal calm down uh because your blood pressure is going up so they calmed me down and then my baby you know turned out to be fine uh you know the next day well that same day they well, the next day they gave him a bath and everything, and then they did the hearing test. So this was like the problem I thought was going to come in. So they were saying like my baby couldn't hear out of one ear. So he was only hearing in one ear. He would probably need a hearing aid in the future, things of that nature. Um, they said the fluids from inside of me got caught in his ear during pushing. So um, he kept failing the hearing test. They took the test three times. So they told me, they sent us home after, you know, his circumcision, after everything went well, we got the birth certificate, the dad signed it, sent us home, and they told us to come back the next day for a checkup. So the next day they came back, and that's when he passed the hearing test. So they said it was normal, the fluids probably got out of his ear at that point, and everything turned out well. So now he's healthy, thank God, and everything's going well. Yay, that's good. I'm, I'm really glad. Um, that was a story, girl, uh, especially because you was the first one to really have to deal with, you know, having a COVID baby. So it's like there wasn't no examples really of what to do. And it was early in the, in the pandemic. Nobody knew how long it was going to last. Definitely. Okay, for sure. 
So I know with my story, I was more so in the middle of the pandemic. Um, it was last summer. So originally when I was working, I found out I was pregnant. Um, I tried to get my doctor to just sign off for me to work from home. And my job was really trying to fight that. And due to some other issues, I just kind of quit my job. I was like, I'm not going to deal with this. I'm pregnant and it's a pandemic and I work in healthcare. So I was already exposed to certain people in a high risk environment. So I just left. How far my along job. were you? It was very early. I was like, um, girl, like six, seven weeks. It was very early. But um, I was just already knowing that I, if I didn't have to work in, in the office, I don't want to. And they was really trying to fight me on that. So if you want to fight me on it, I'll just leave. It's not that big of a deal to me. Right, so that's crazy. Okay. And then um, <clears throat> I would say throughout my pregnancy, I was very worried about COVID. And, but luckily it was so many other moms delivering, like, <clears throat> like for real, pan- the pandemic had so many pandemic babies. Like Instagram was my friend. Instagram had all of the reels and TikToks or whatever, like, just showing me all these little mom hacks. So I used to like live on Instagram trying to figure out how to do this COVID delivery. So of course I went to all the doctor's appointments by myself. Um, but I was able to have two people in my delivery room because the University of Chicago allows you to have a support person. So I had both the father of my child and my mom. So that was great um, because originally it was going to be my doula, but my doula ended up being virtual. So I still have my doula virtually on my iPad and I still have my mom and my child's father. So that was good. Um, oh, explain engage. to people what a doula is. Some people may not know. You're right. So a doula is a support person for a somebody giving birth, and that support person is uh, as a doula is both emotional, physical um, help. It's just really possible to help guide your pregnancy. So with my doula, um, I let them know everything I wanted in the beginning. They kind of help you do your birth plan. They help you like orchestrate what you want. Like it would say if you want an at home birth. They'll put you in contact with who that is. Or, you know, let's say you want to do a certain type of diet while you're pregnant because whatever reason, they'll help you organize that diet and get you what you need or give you the resources. So like with my doula, they put me in touch with a black midwife. So I actually had a black midwife deliver my son because my doula helped me find one because those are one of the things on my birthing plan. So all of that being said, um, when I went to doctor's appointments, I were by myself and I switched doctors twice um, to before I got to that midwife. And then after that, I ended up being induced. And then you um, switched doctors because my original first doctor, they just was very nonchalant. They did not care about what I really wanted. The doctor's appointments were getting very um, like quick. Like I would come in, they would do ultrasound. They'd be like, everything looks normal. And then like, that's it. Like it wasn't really like personalized versus when I went to University of Chicago and I had that black midwife. She sat down with me, asking every, like, you know, what questions do you have? I was able to ask her, like, what is your C-section rate? Like, those are questions that I learned to ask when you're doing a birth plan. Like, what rates do you give C-sections to first-time moms? And if the rate is too high, that's a sign to so maybe you don't want to be with that doctor because C-sections are really supposed to be for emergency purposes. And That's really, really good. Can you repeat that question again for our view, um, our listeners to know? Because I would never even think to ask that. And I didn't ask so, that. <laughs> no, no problem. So like, yeah, so for my birth plan, I did a lot of research. And one of the main things I was really big on was no drugs, no epidural, and no C-section. Those are things I did not want. So I made sure I asked my doctor that was going to deliver me, what is their C-section rate? So for first time moms, what rate do you usually perform a C-section? And if it's under, I think it's like 10%, you should be good if it's like five to something percent. But anything over 10% is not a good sign. 
if like a majority of their new age new moms they're giving them c-sections that's a red flag like you shouldn't probably deal with that doctor because c-sections are, are the surgery that's actually billed to your insurance and that's why a lot of doctors push c-sections because it gives more money it's a surgery versus um just doing a vaginal birth so uh, sometimes c-sections are pushed just to get more money from the you know from the insurance company for the hospital so you gotta like wow. be careful I to navigate that, that. Yeah, girl, I wasn't playing. Like, when I found I was pregnant, I was like, yeah, no, I'm not going. I, I did all the research, like all of it. So after I did that. Um, everybody, I'm sorry. Every, I just wanted to check. Everybody did have a natural birth. Yes, you, I did. Yeah, I had natural. No, you had, no, you I had, had epidural, epidural, right? Yeah, girl. No, but I thought she was saying like pushing wise. Yeah, like, versus, okay. sorry, like natural versus C-section. Okay, yeah. So yeah. Vaginal versus C section. Vaginal. Yeah. Okay. Um, so fast forward, I did I still had my baby shower, but I had it outside. But I would say throughout my pregnancy, I did not really go out. And I actually remember texting Jasmine about this too, like, um, at least when like when my son come, like how how quickly can I take the baby outside? Like, should I wait a couple months? Like I was just very paranoid about COVID. So I was like, I'm not gonna go outside while I'm pregnant. And then when my child comes, I don't want them to go outside. Like I was just very much like I'm gonna barricade myself in the house. And that's just like the vibe I was with what COVID was outside at that point. COVID was really rapid. And then um I got induced just because my son had issues um while he was inside me um in utero. So I got induced at 30. So when you Okay, at thirty. So they told you you had to get induced that early, or did you prefer? Like, did they give you an option, or how did that even go? They were like, they gave me the option, but it was like, it's it's imperative that you should do it. Like, of course, they was like, it's up to you. Like, they were forcing me, but they was like, basically, they got the they got the head of the OB department to talk to me. It was like, based on your scans and the low fluid levels, if you were my wife or my daughter, I would instantly take you into delivery. That's what they told me. So it was like, you still your decision, but realistically, as a medical advice, you should go get induced because you have no fluid in your, your baby has no fluid in the placenta. Like that was my issue. There was no fluid for some reason. I, my baby's fluid was not there at all. So it was like, they couldn't even find little, they were finding little pockets of fluid, but there was barely anything in there. So that's why I was induced. Um, so we got in, I got there on a Tuesday night. My son was born um, that, no, I got there on Monday night. My son was born that Tuesday night. Um, at least for my delivery, I got basically almost everything I wanted. I didn't get to keep my placenta, but I did have, like I said, both uh, the father and my mom in there. And I got to deliver on my knees, which is really important to me. I was not delivering on my back. Um, once again, doing research, I just learned that you need to work with gravity. And the main thing that women struggle with when we deliver is to deliver on our backs is not a good idea. So I made sure on my birth How plan. How was delivering on your knees? How was that? So much easier. I made sure on my birth, and I really love having a black midwife because she made sure I did that. Like the nurses were white and they were much like, so she put me on my knees and she was like, we're going to do this position because the baby likes this. Like it, it, you can tell the baby's heart rate and stuff is better when you're on your knees. So then the nurse was like, oh, well, she needs to flip over to deliver though. And the midwife was like, no, she doesn't. She can deliver just like this. So like she knew my birth plan, she knew what I wanted. So she was like, okay. Um, and I was in labor for 23 hours and she was trying to talk to me about epidural eventually. Like, I know Philly, you don't want epidural. 
but you're going on to almost 24 hours in labor and you're not dilating. You need to get some rest. So we're, we're considering the epidural. And I was like, nah, that's not happening. My baby coming tonight. And sure enough, I talked to one of the other nurses and they just kept positioning me in the right position until finally my baby just started coming. So I pushed my son out in like 10, 15 minutes. Like literally, it was nothing. Um, his dad was low key sleep on the couch. My mom had to shake him, wake him up. Like, hold on, she's gonna have his baby. We thought we wasn't gonna have a baby tonight, but we are. So he had to wake up and like, <laughs> literally he woke up in the middle of me pushing out the baby. Like literally, um, I got on my knees. I pushed like three times and they were trying to tell me to like push on the contraction, but I wasn't, I was just pushing generally. Like I'm not gonna wait this for the contraction anymore. I'm ready for my son to come out. I feel him crowning. I literally feel him. So no. So I just pushed and he split out after, after his head his whole body just slid out and it literally took 10, 15 minutes. Um, but he was small and that was part of the issue I had. That's why also he had to be born early. He was small. He was only four pounds, five ounces. So he went to the NICU and that's where the COVID situation really came in. Um, you know, I stayed like two nights in the hospital, but him, he has been in the NICU for two weeks. So I literally, and I was not allowed to spend the night with him. So literally every day, postpartum I'm like you know what I'm saying I'm like three four days postpartum I'm coming up to the hospital every day and I live in the suburbs and this was at University of Chicago so I was driving or even getting rides or whatever I don't think I was driving I think I was getting picked up or regardless and I was coming to the city every day to see my child try and breastfeed my feet were as big as bowling balls they were so swollen I was so sore I was so just you know irritated and high and I literally had to come up here every day just to see my child so that was very frustrating and even though it was 24 hours, so I could come there like at two o'clock in the morning and it would be a pool. It's just like, they're very strict. Like you have to be up when you're here. You're not allowed to sleep in the NICU, like type of thing. Like, so it's not like I could even come there, you know, midnight, pump, rest, pump again, three hours later. Like I had to be up actively doing something to be in the NICU with, with these nurses. Wow. Was it like that uh, before COVID or has it always been like that? Or do so, you not know? I know that at the University of Chicago, they have two NICUs. They have like a main one, and they have a smaller one. My son was in a smaller one. And the other reason why we couldn't spend the night is because it was so small. It was like a very small NICU with like maybe four or five babies on each side. And each, you know, baby has a parent or have two parents. So it used to get crowded in there. Plus it would be like three or four nurses and each nurse got two babies per nurse. So it used to be crowded. So it was COVID, but it's also just because of the size of the NICU. And um, apparently that rule about, about being up and active has been there even before COVID. Like you have to just be active at this NICU. You cannot just rest. I was just going to so, say that. Yeah. I think that's normal. I think like if your baby was to like, cause my child got like submitted to the hospital a couple of months after for something else. Um, and it's like, you have to, when your child is in a hospital or being submitted, you have to be like up and present. Mm -hmm. um the nurses come in every now and then you know to check on them and things of that nature but you like as a parent you have to let them know when you're leaving the room you have to let the, like leave the door open if you're leaving so a nurse can step in like I think with child and with children like you have to be you know present versus if you're going to visit someone much older or a teenager or something you don't have to let the nurses know when you're coming and going and things of that nature but with children yeah. you have to be present me and his dad had special wristbands where only me and him could go in there and like, mm -hmm. you know, we yeah. have to show these wristbands and um, 
Like, I remember my first night there, I thought I was going to chill. I brought a blanket. I brought my uh-huh. iPad. I'm like, okay, I'm going to pump and then go to sleep, wake up again in the middle of the night, see my baby. No, they was like, yeah, so if you're going to be here, you're going to have to be up, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, I have no grace for a new mom. Like, I literally am like three days postpartum. And you know what I'm saying? It don't matter. Like, so that really like discouraged me. And I think I missed two days where he was not in the NICU and his, well, his dad went every day, but those two days I didn't go and I had to just FaceTime his dad. And so that was helpful that his dad was also a lot closer. His dad lived in the city at that time. So that was cool, but it was really rough having a NICU baby during COVID. And then especially afterwards, once I brought him home, I didn't want nobody around him. He'd have been in the NICU. It's COVID, you know what I'm saying? I already feel like my baby's fragile because he was born four weeks early. So I didn't really let nobody around my son literally until maybe he was three months. Wow. That is a heck of a story. You're so brave. (laughs) You did that though. That was so sweet. Thank you. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like I thought it was so common because like I said, I was a researcher. So I was all on Instagram. I was just seeing so many stories. Like I seen this one story where this one Mom had her whole family sit outside in the parking lot. They tailgated and waited for her to deliver her baby. They was like, we're not going nowhere. That's so cute. You know, so I was like, okay, maybe I can do this. You know what I'm saying? I was feeling more motivated about having a COVID baby. But then all that stuff happened. It was just, it was overwhelming. I think I didn't even, I didn't even think about half of the thought, half of what you thought about Philly. Like everything that you said, like all the research you did, like I was, I was not prepared. <laughs> like, and I found out I was, I was early when I found out I was pregnant, like six weeks, but COVID was just a joke when I found out I was pregnant. Like I worked at a hotel and I had to come in contact with a lot of people. And at the time I was like, I don't want to risk getting sick. I'd be, you know, meeting people from all over the world. And so um, I ended up working at a hospital, which sounds not the best place to be during COVID, but it honestly was very, a very good place to be. We had daily check-ins, like they had COVID testing, they had COVID pay. So basically, if you even felt like you had a tickle in your throat, you would stay home and you got paid for it. Um, we all... I worked in a lab, so we already had to wear like jackets and masks and stuff like that. So um, it was it was good, at least for that reason. I mean, it was very clean and I was right across the street from my doctor's office. So, you know, anytime I had a doctor's appointment, I literally just walked across the, um, the parkway to my doctor's office. And usually it was during my lunch hop time I would even see my doctor during lunch sometimes so it was kind of cool you know I didn't really like my doctor but I just felt like I didn't have time or I didn't have the option to change at the time like I just felt like with everything that was going on like I didn't want to think about having like switch through doctors and maybe I should have but I guess I didn't think that was the option at the time. Like I had just switched gynecologists right before I found out I was pregnant. And so she was already new and I just didn't want to go through the process of trying to find another one. Um, But um, like around six months, I like slipped and fell 
while pregnant. Mm. Oh my god. Uh, Were you at work? Yes. Like I was no, I was outside of my house. Um I was like just trying to get the keys um for my boyfriend. And like he threw them to me and I like stepped forward to catch them and stepped into some mud and slipped and fell. And like my it, it definitely affected my back kind of the rest of my pregnancy. And I had went from like 125 to 194 pounds. So I had a lot of weight Sheesh. on me too. So like, yeah. So I was just wobbling around that hospital um, from like seven months to like nine months when it was like a few weeks before I was supposed to deliver. Um, They kept on asking me like literally every day, you still here? You still wobbling around here? I see you, girl. When you gonna have that baby? Like they was just, it was bothering me every day. Honestly, it irritated me because I'm like, God, I still got a few more months wobbling around here with this mask on taking COVID tests and you know having to do this testing and I worked in a lab where I was processing COVID tests mm, girl for real yes um so I so, mean you said you felt safe I think that, but like did you sorry I didn't mean to cut you off I know you said you felt safe but like looking back on it you still feel like it was like a good choice um honestly yes um I think all the information like that I got during that time from being in that space like they made sure that everything was sterilized and um I didn't if if at the time I felt like it was you know too dangerous I definitely would have left but there wasn't really a time where I felt like oh I'm worried like you know it like the probability of me getting it from the from handling the test was low at least uh, for me I thought and I didn't have to like I didn't have to interact with any of the the nurses or the doctors who worked on the COVID floor either so Mm. my my exposure to it was limited I wore gloves I had a mask on we had um like I said we had jackets and we had uh the eye shield things so um I think it kind of it helped eliminate my fear which I think was good for me because I already had a lot of anxiety um I was preeclampsic um so if you don't know what that means I I still barely know what it means but I know I have high blood pressure Uh, I would get faint um my heart would race um and I had to go be monitored multiple times throughout my pregnancy. Um, when I ended up going in, I was due on a Thursday. I ended up going in for my last appointment on a Monday and I was like uh, one centimeter di- dilated. And um, they actually kept me because my blood pressure was high. So um, I ended up getting an induced and I should have questioned that. I should have waited. Um, I want to ask. I know I was induced too. How did they induce you? If you don't, mind, if you want to tell the story about which like method did they use? Um, um, they stuck this little balloon thing inside me. 
and what you mean they stuck it inside of you? Stuck it inside of you? So, in your vagina? Mm-hmm. So because they did both to me, they put a pill behind my vagina wall first, and then afterwards they put a balloon and they put another pill behind my vagina wall ten hours later. Both of that wow. did the balloon. No, I don't. They didn't do a pill. They just did the balloon. Oh, and damn. Then <laughs> I know. So I I was basically five centimeters after that. I was one centimeters after they did the little balloon thing. I was five centimeters and um, they gave me some medicine to start contracting. Now, I don't know what was going on that night, but hold I on, I'm sorry. A lot of other C sections. Shay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So wait, mm-hmm. the being induced doesn't mean you're starting to contract contracting. I'm I'm sorry, I'm nope. confused. No, <laughs> oh, I didn't know this. So please, uh, they... please verify. I did not know this. Yeah. So. So basically, when you and when you're induced, they start with the little balloon thing to try to open you up, and then they gave me some medicine. I think it was called pitocin, and it was supposed to make me contract, so then I would open up more. But either they gave it to me too early, or they gave me too much. I start contracting too much too soon, and so it put me and the baby in distress. And uh, I I know they were having a lot of births that night because at one point one of the nurses forgot about me is why I ended up on a pitocin for too long. Wow, but that's horrible. Did you complain? I I was kind of like in and out of it. Like I was in so much pain that I didn't like fully recognize everything that was going on until after in hindsight you know so I was mm-hmm. going through it I'm like of course I, I was definitely complaining and it got to the point where a doctor came in because I'm like what's going on I'm like I'm, I'm I'm having contractions like a minute apart right now and y'all saying I'm only five centimeters I'm contracting too close for for me to only be five centimeters so um the doctor came in and basically um, they took me off the Pitocin. And right after that, I, I before I had no intentions of being on the epidural, but after I had went through that, I ended up being on the epidural, which I ended up having to be because I ended up having a C-section, emergency C-section. Yeah. Um, so I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. So that lasted 48 hours. What? Be- before I ended up having the C-section. So from the you time were in I was this induced, much pain for 48 hours, and they were messing up like this. And then yes. I was also going to ask Shay. So you wasn't familiar with pitocin, correct? Like you didn't know what it did before, like that happened. Well, I will. They they explained it to me, but I recognized th- that it wasn't doing what it was supposed to be doing, you know, based on what they explained to me, you know, right, so- they up, I know, and, and basically like after hearing something that the doctor said, like, he was like, why do you have this turned up so much? He like questioned the nurse, like, so I didn't really know what it was like prior to, but 
after uh, obviously they explained it to me during everything and then I start having a contraction because the contractions were doing just fine at first I don't know why my dosage got up mm, and I, I kept on I did complain about being in pain but I thought okay this is I'm, I've never had birth before you know so I'm I've never seen somebody go through this before. So I didn't know. I, it was just me and my boyfriend. You know, my family was calling up there and they was wondering why everything was taking so long. They was getting worried. And like my aunties and stuff, they was blowing up the hospital phone. And to a point where my boyfriend was like kind of getting frustrated because it's like, I, I don't know what's going on either. I'm doing the best that I can trying to relay back to you what the doctors are saying and what's going on, you know, just because they couldn't be there. And uh, I had a C-section at 2.50 in the morning when my doctor was due for her own call shift. And uh, the anesthesiologist um, at one point had, I think it was like a student who had like, they, I think they messed up my epidural for one, because when my doctor pushed down on my stomach to get my baby out, I could feel it. And when they uh, was inserting a needle into my arm to give me some more anesthesia, for some reason, the she nicked the artery or something like that. So I was like oh, bleeding down my no. arm. You were um, going through it, Shay. Oh my God. Somebody would have to be getting some type of legal re- remedy to be here. That's ridiculous. And so, like, it was blood all over the floor. Like, it was just so much going on. I, I lost so much blood. I ended up needing a transfusion. Um, I was going, like, oh, in and out. Well, like, you had in and out of consciousness. Yeah. After you gave birth? Yes. Girl, so you didn't did you even get um, because to hold I your lost daughter? so much. So did you get the to hold first her? Thing, so first thing that happened, I did get to hold her. Um I started to gain regain consciousness. I don't know about the strength of God, something because I felt like I felt like I was almost gonna die. But like after she after she was born and I seen her and I looked at her, it's just like the life came into me. Cause like, I just looked at her, I was like, Oh my God, pretty girl. Like I was just so happy. And even though I was kind of like fading out of consciousness, like I was like, no, I need to see my baby. I couldn't keep my eyes off of her. And eventually they took her away to clean her up and stuff like that. But when they moved me out of the operating room, they brought her back to me. Um, we tried breastfeeding with her right away and stuff like that to get her to latch. And um, then they took her away to do some testing and stuff like that. Um, found out she had like low, glu- low glucose and she wasn't latching. So she had to spend a night in the NICU. Um, but um, while she was gone, they basically like were tending to me. Like I got an iron transfusion as well. Um, all while this is going on, I broke out all over my body. So like, I don't know why or what happened, but like from head to toe, I was like broken out in hives, like just itchy. 
and they were like trying to prescribe stuff to fix it. Like we, I still to this day don't even know what was going on. And I was in the hospital from Monday to, I think it was Saturday, Saturday or Sunday. Wow. Is when I finally was able to leave. She was a, she was ready before me. Okay. I'm so sorry to hear that. That was, that's traumatic. Like that is a traumatic experience. And yeah. Um, I don't even mean to like put you on a spot or anything, but your story makes me really want to highlight how important it is to do a birthing plan and to like get your information. And um, yes. you know what I'm saying? Like, for instance, like uh, how you're talking about the Pitocin, that's one thing about, you know, I was really big on my birth plan about that to my midwife. Like, do not give me no Pitocin. I heard so many things about Pitocin, especially when it's given in the wrong amount and what it does. And one thing that I do love is that my midwife, when she did have to give me Pitocin, she only gave me one milligram, and she, like, monitored it very closely and, like, told me how much she was giving me every time. Like, okay, this is one milligram. Okay, we're going to up it up it to, like, 1.5. But, like, I'm not going to give you too much. Like, she was very much communicating with me. So, like, I just want to stress that importance for any new moms or, you know, pregnant moms. Like, get your birth plan together for real. That's really important. Do yes. your research. Because I agree because I, I feel like I, I thought I was getting the birthing plan together, but also what it entails and like just having that support. I don't feel like I had that. Like, you know, I was I was hyped up when I first found out I was pregnant. I'm thinking I'm going to go mm-hmm. to these birthing classes and I'm going to be able to meet moms and this that, and the third. And it just ended up being so isolating during COVID that I didn't get those mm-hmm. experiences. Like I did have a baby shower, but it was small. It was like. 10 people there not even and you know I I missed out on that and so I feel like it was just the whole the COVID just like kind of changed the experience it was so much other stuff going on that it wasn't it wasn't the normal experience and I didn't know how to navigate that right and I feel like that's also because like I know you and Diamond both your kids are older so I feel like you guys were at the beginning of COVID like by the time I had my son um everything was virtual so, like, all the birthing classes I signed up for were all virtual. And not only that, like, so many people are used to doing things virtual by then. It wasn't even a big deal versus, like, I know the beginning for y'all probably was very difficult to navigate that. Right. For me, it was, like, they were just canceled. Like, I mm-hmm. just didn't really have access to none because it was just, like, no, it was really so far in the beginning that it was just literally everybody trying to figure out what's going on we didn't know how long it was going to last so they were just pushing stuff back pushing stuff back pushing stuff back until eventually it was like okay I'm gonna have this baby like so I definitely feel like you know COVID definitely changed my experience as a as a COVID mom having a COVID baby now and kind of post-COVID is looking back on the experience is really crazy well, I'm glad you're here with us and you survived that. And yeah, I would say one thing about me that I did the research on was like the high maternity rate for Black women dying during childbirth. And that's what also made me so paranoid to be aware because I used to text the father of my child and be like, listen, if I die during childbirth, these are things that I want you to do. And he's like, literally, I used to text him all the time telling him, if I die, this is what I need you to do because I, I, I knew that was a possibility. And that's how, honestly how I felt going into birth. That's a great point, Philly. The mortality rate for Black women in pregnancy is very, very high. And I think that's what I'm coming from me. I stress paying attention to who your doctor is. Um, if you feel uncomfortable, just switch. Like, honestly, especially as Black people, I, I had a white doctor. And when I 
do this again, it's going to be a black doctor. I'm going to have a doula. I'm mm-hmm. going to, I've learned so much from the experience that, you know, I, I'm fearful of my life if I get pregnant again, just especially with how my body re- reacted. So I don't want to go into that and risk it. And, you know, for some people who may not know they're going into that experience like that, where you think it is going to just be, you know, a nice experience. It, it don't always work out that way. You know, like Diamond said, she was throwing up all throughout her pregnancy and then she was uh-huh. kind of miserable in that way. You know, some people like Jasmine, she said she was working out, you know, she didn't even know a thing. Like right. me, I was just big. <laughs> you know, I was That's just wobbling crazy. around. Not just, just big. I'm done. <laughs> My, right. Right. My last two cents. I'm gonna have to show y'all some pictures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, show yeah. me, girl, because you so you know you small now. Well, not if y'all want to, we can post you. our pictures um when we were pregnant on our page. Yeah, de- sure. definitely uh send them and I'll get right on that. Before we jump into Jazz's story, I wanted to ask everyone, how did the glucose test go for them? Mine was smooth, nothing really special. Yours is cool. What about you, Shay? Um are you talking about mine personally or um mm-hmm. yours personally no you're yours you're oh that's why you're pregnant the little drink they have you drink oh i think it tastes like a flip but oh my <laughs> but yeah I, I forgot about the glucose test wow um it didn't taste that bad it tastes like gatorade like oh a, <laughs> like a carbonated gatorade yeah, I don't know if people think it's nasty. It just tastes like like water to me. Water and sugar. That stuff was water. nasty. It was right. a flat it was pop. Nasty. <laughs> That's a what I said. It was like a pop. flat pop. I took it twice and I failed both times. So with me failing, uh, so I took it, drunk it, and then they had me, you know, sit. They had my doctor's office. They had like glucose seats. They like they literally label like yes, glucose seats. So sit there if you you took the glucose test. So I uh, took it the first time. They sent me right there, and uh, I vomited like a lot. So the oh second. God. Yeah, like right after. So the lady like, okay, you'll have to come back and take it later. And I'm like, why I can't take it down? She's like, because we don't know how much came up, so we can't give you another one. And so this like, okay, is the test that we had to wait an hour. We had to take it, wait an hour, and then hour. take it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. The results. Yep. So then I took it. I came back. I came back and I took it again. And it was like I failed again. <laughs> Y'all hear my big <laughs> It's like I failed again. So after that, they uh had me go to Walgreens, which I had to pay like $64 for for the kit, which the glucose test what? is basically to what? test you out for diabetes. Oh, hey. So for like for those real? who don't know, you take the you take the test uh to test to see if you or your baby would like have diabetes and stuff. So since I felt it twice, they was like, okay, we can't no longer give it to you. Like clearly you can't take it. And the last the doctor told me she's like, next time you're expecting, you have to tell them that you don't sit right with the glucose test so they won't put you through it and automatically just buy the kit from the store. So I had to pay like what's the difference with the kit though? 
the kit is basically okay so you poke yourself it's like you poking yourself you collecting the blood and then you're putting it on you know the sheet or whatever oh you're doing the testing it out okay. yeah so basically i was doing that i did honestly to be honest i did it for like two days and then i said i'm not going to keep poking myself so i i had to write down like my numbers and stuff so what i did was google you know, good numbers with diabetes and stuff like that. So I just wrote numbers down on the sheet. I'm like, I'm not going to keep poking myself. It was hurting. I had to poke myself three times no, a day. you didn't cheat. Okay, yes, so I cheated. Wait, Diamond, because you said that I really want to make a comment about that, about you and glucose, in case any other moms are dealing with that. Mm-hmm. Y'all can get a prescription for those machines. Um, yeah. So I, I'm a pharmacy. If that happens, you don't have to pay that money. Literally have your doctor write that prescription for it. And you have to go to a certain pharmacy that covers your insurance to do that. But they can process it through the insurance where you don't have to pay for that. Because that's, you know what I'm saying? That's a medical necessity at that point. So just say so on the procedure. Oh, Shay said, and yeah, the breast pump. pump. Oh, yeah, the breast pump, too. Mm-hmm. I definitely got mine through the insurance, even though I barely used it, but whatever. <laughs> Just to let our listeners know, so like I didn't breastfeed. So who all breastfed basically, but I did it. I did four weeks. That's all I could do. I did six weeks of um pumping. So he wouldn't lash because he had a tongue tie. Mm, okay. But we got uh, his tongue tie cut and he still didn't latch. So I just did my six weeks of pump and and I was done. Yeah, mine was thirsty the last year, but I just oh, like a cow. Because it, I was a whole month early. Yeah, I'm, I'm so jealous of girls that say like, oh, I had so much. Mine was just not there because I was a whole month early. Like, literally, I had nothing. I had to literally pump all day to get like half an ounce. I had so much milk, I could have fed all of Chicago's babies. Dang, uh- <laughs> <laughs> Shay, did you, uh, My- did you breastfeed your, uh, until she turned one? How long did you breastfeed? Only three weeks, but I, oh, really? I hated it. I had so much. I had I I produced so much milk, and she wasn't drinking it fast enough. And oh, even so if you I'm like, uh, I, stored I, it, I was freezing it. Yes, I had. I was freezing it. I had so much. Even after I stopped, I still had some frozen for a while. And she was so she was on breast milk for a little bit after I even stopped pumping. It. I wasn't thinking about that. I was in so much pain. My boobs were so engorged. I was only thinking, I, I was still recovering from my C-section. So I wasn't thinking about none of that. I was trying to heal. I couldn't even walk Good upstairs. Point. You had a traumatic so, situation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I wasn't thinking about none of that. I was already in pain. I would say as far as the breastfeeding, since I didn't have any breast milk, the hospital I was at offered breast milk donations. And I was very thankful for that. I don't know if all hospitals offer that, but definitely ask your, you know, Nick, you, if you, if your breast milk not coming in on time, do they have any breast milk donations? And they gave my son, you know, breast milk donations for his first at least week. And I was very helpful. I was really grateful for that. I did not want him to be on formula when he first came out. So like that really helped a lot for me. And then, um, so I think kind of wrapped up with Shay. Jasmine, I know you're the last one. Um, go ahead and let us know your story about COVID and how it was for you. So I'm going to make this quick, y'all. But <clears throat> so basically, I didn't, I don't know if anybody knows. I don't remember if I shared this yet. But basically, I didn't find out I was pregnant until I was five months. Um, 
I actually just went in for a regular annual checkup and that's how I found out that I was pregnant. So it was a big shocker for me. And so, but also I was halfway through it. So <laughs> I didn't have any type of sickness or I only had like minor headaches and I was losing weight. So, you know, I really did not think that I was pregnant because I was working out. So I'm thinking I'm about to be fine for the summer. <laughs> Little did I know. <laughs> I had a had a little bun in the oven so um so dealing so dealing with that and then by the time uh my son he ended up coming a week early well actually just yeah a week early and the way it was is i just started like i just woke up feeling the contractions and i end up having because i i live an hour away from the hospital i didn't so originally I wanted to get to do a home birth with the, you know, the pool and everything. Like that was my vision to giving birth. And my mom's like, oh, what if something happens and we have to call the ambulance and we don't know what to do. And she just started scaring me. And so I was just like, you know what? I'll just go to the hospital, whatever. It's my first child. I don't really know what to expect. And I do not do pain y'all. Pain is not my, <laughs> I don't do pain. So every single day I prayed, prayed and prayed that I had a pain free uh, delivery because I just I can't deal with pain. So um, so when I woke up on Saturday, I was having, you know, contractions. They weren't horrible, but I was also I end up YouTubing how to breathe during contractions, which I would tell everybody to do that. That really helped out a lot. So I was really breathing and making sure that, you know, like that I didn't like scream into the contractions or I didn't like do anything else because it really does not help giving into the contraction. You just gotta breathe through it and you'll be okay. So when I went all the way to the hospital, I was only one centimeter dilated, but let's talk about, I don't think nobody talks about this, what they have to do to feel if you're dilated or not. I don't think anybody understands how uncomfortable and that was so unexpected. I'm like, oh, hell no. Girl, they didn't put so much stuff inside me at that point. I didn't even care. They put wires on my baby head through my little mm, my hole. They put wires through me. They all type of stuff. At that what? point... Yes, girl. Like I said, they put those pills in behind my vagina wall to induce me. So, like, for I real, had I had a catheter. In there. They had a catheter, oh. they had a balloon, and they had wires on my baby head inside me. Like, when my baby was born, he had wires on his head because they put it inside me. Wow. Yes, oh, well, girl. At that point... I guess I need to be grateful. <laughs> I just went through a little, you know, finger action trying to get up to see how many... Finger... <laughs> <laughs> So, so yeah, which was so uncomfortable. So when they told me I was only one centimeter uh, dilated, they made me go home. So what I just did was slept. I just, I just wanted to sleep through the day because I just wanted to sleep th the contractions off. You know what I'm saying? So um, I end up around like 10 o'clock at night. I just, I kept being on the bouncy ball. The contractions were in my excuse the you know language but the contractions were in my butt basically so it felt like i was really constipated um and, and oh same for you philly i didn't even know i was pushing my son out because i thought i was having a bowel movement the whole time like not to get too much information to make it quick basically i was peeing a lot on the um table on the, wow. on the bed and i thought i was trying to low-key push out a bowel movement and it was my son 
So I didn't even know because I never gave birth before, but I was just peeing a whole bunch because I was pushing so hard. Right. Oh my goodness. See, yeah. And I thought that was so abnormal. I'm like, wow, like I just feel really constipated. So, you know, like just going and sitting over the toilet really helped me. <laughs> and so then, um, my mom was like, okay, we should call the hospital, you know, so to see if you can come back because it was starting to, I was literally going to sleep y'all. I would go to sleep and I'll wake up every three minutes because I lit on the clock. I'm like, I'm waking up every three minutes. And she was like, yeah, I think it's time to go to the hospital. And then, um, you know, as they call it the bloody show, it happened a little bit, but not did that happen to you all the bloody show. I'm jealous of all y'all that got natural, not natural, but like you all had the contractions. I didn't get the natural contractions. So I didn't even experience like my water breaking or anything. So I don't even know about all of that. I literally was forced to have yeah, my baby. Either. They broke, they broke my water. Same, mm. they broke my water too. Okay. So like basically for those who don't know what a bloody show is, is basically when you know, you just bleed a little bit, or I guess you're supposed to bleed a lot, but I was only bleeding a little bit. So I really just, you know, didn't know what was happening. So we ended up going to the, uh, to the, to the hospital and my son's dad thought it was a false alarm. So he's taking his sweet little time to the hospital. <laughs> but as soon as we got to the hospital, we got Same. there, right? Like it's not a false alarm. Like I'm in pain. That was the same for me. He was outside y'all. <laughs> yeah like just taking this sweet little time and it's three Mine in the morning in state. how about that and i told him to get on a plane right now and they were trying to literally tell me it's a false alarm oh but my gosh so as soon as we get to the hospital um we we as soon as i get in the room she checks and see how many centimeters i'm dilated she's like oh you're seven centimeters dilated like as soon as i get in the room she um she's like oh so we can start uh getting you ready she was like do you want an epidural and you know me i really didn't want one but i'm like oh um i don't know how this is gonna feel so yeah yeah i'll take one so we'll uh my son's dad comes in and we're getting prepared so they put me on the table and all this is happening literally in five minutes but it's from the time i got in the room from the time he came in the room and they trying to prepare me for the epidural uh i tell i don't throw up i do not throw up and so i tell the nurse i'm like i have to throw up and she was like what and i was like i have to throw up so she uh gave me a bag um i threw up and my water burst at the same time so oh one God. yeah one end i'm hanging off the bed on the left and my water burst on my son's dad on to the right and so then he's like oh he told the nurse he was like her water just broke like he said all he's so calm during this by the way <laughs> and uh he was like yeah her water just broke and she was like what he was like her water just broke <laughs> it just felt and then when your water breaks it just feels like a big gush <laughs> of liquid so then uh she was like oh well it's too late for an epidural now and i'm like well he's coming right now like as soon as my water breaks i feel all the pressure i'm like he's coming right now so i go ahead and start pushing she told me it's too late for epidural cool i don't care get this baby out of me um eight minutes later i pushed my baby boy out and it was all good i only had um i want to say two stitches but the whole pushing procedure honestly 
it really well at the time that i remember it didn't hurt but it just feels like it's a lot of pressure and you're so busy just trying to focus oh she told me do not scream so you know how like when you watch movies you hear the person screaming and all the extra dramatics so i was so focused on just trying to breathe which shout out to youtube showing me how to breathe uh through the contractions i was so focused on breathing and she told me not to scream so i was making like a mm, like a pushing noise if that makes sense and she told me stop doing that too which was very hard um <laughs> it was i'm like I girl i gotta make you to some stop noise. doing stuff yeah i guess because you gotta do what you gotta do to be comfortable but i get it because i guess it was like making me strain more if that makes sense so because i'm so busy trying to push and also um you know how like this maybe tmi so if you get you know a little gross out just fast forward a little bit but you know when you're constipated and it's coming out and you like nah yeah. i need this to come out right now like i need to keep going like that's how it was with him i'm like no nah, i'm not sucking it back in he need to come out i was too <laughs> yes, I'm saying, i wasn't even waiting on the contraction anymore i was just pushing and i remember one of the nurses being like is that even a contraction i'm like no because it's coming like no philly you gotta push pushing on the contraction no, actually makes a difference i felt that was a big difference because pushing against the contraction you're not getting anywhere pushing i'm not saying with... that's wrong sorry go ahead mm. I, I, I completely understand and know that what i'm just saying is that like my doula she really gave me the um encouragement to be like you don't say control your own body because especially when you are in the birthing room the nurses everything they try to take control of what you're supposed to do that's what i'm saying like she let me know like if you need to push you push don't wait on no doctor don't wait on no nurse if when your body's ready to push you're gonna push period and she like it, it like instilled that in me so that's why i was like i'm not listening to nobody in this room besides my body and my body's telling me to push my son out it's coming out and y'all job is to make sure he is safe when he come out that's what y'all need to be worried about that was like my attitude because yeah, it was instilled in me to like take control of the situation can take control of my body because literally your body's in the hands of strangers honestly and because i trusted my midwife that's the only reason why i was even comfortable because there was a lot of other people in the room whoever anybody like the baby knows that there's a lot of other people in the room that you do not see or know like you know the whole team comes in for the baby the other team comes in and checking you we have all these people in there the only person that i felt comfortable with in there besides my mom and the father of my child was my midwife because literally she's been there from you know like the middle or the beginning and she listened to everything that i wanted so like that comfortability was very small for me so i was like nah this is my body i'm gonna take control of it and that's kind of with my energy now i got a question jazz mm -hmm. how long how long were you in the hospital after that um after that i was in the hospital for two days they um they they actually said we could have left the day after i gave birth and we was like no <laughs> like y'all trying to rush us out of here yeah we right, were uh, yeah they were trying to get us up they was like yeah. you good like because i was fine and you know he was fine so they was like oh we can do everything like you know right now no calm it down <laughs> we in here <laughs> insurance got insurance got us come on okay so yeah so we were uh there two days and then actually who delivered me was a, a student my doctor well i already knew my doctor 
so the way the hospital that I was at, they had a rotation of doctors. So I was at the doctors were in a rotation of seven. So you were only going to get your doctor if it was their night of working, which I already kind of knew I probably wasn't going to get my doctor. But um, uh, actual, I can't think of, I just know it's a student. I can't think of the term right now. Um, she delivered me and she did a great job. Like I, I enjoyed her. We got her a gift and we got, uh, my birth and nurse a gift and we got the, it's not a nurse, but what's the person like, it's called like a PCR or something that takes care of you in the hospital. Like, but it's not a nurse. She's under a nurse, if that makes sense. Uh, like I have your had care that, coordinator so. yeah it's like a care coordinator but basically like not she wasn't the nurse but like a yeah, social worker something right? similar no like she I wasn't somebody... a social worker it was i guess oh, like her. your person that takes care like to bring you to water to make sure uh mm. everything you and the baby oh, are okay like but your, she's not the nurse like a cna oh. yeah but she wasn't a, it was like uh but she wasn't a cna but it was like you know basically like that she was the sweetest really? um yeah it was her okay. the the student who delivered me and the uh nurse that del uh delivered me like we got them a gift like they were really nice That's and really i nice. enjoyed i should have did that because yeah. I had some really nice nurses. Because, you know, I, I was in the hospital for a long time. So, so you I made a connection. Seeing, you know, people. Exactly. I should have did that. Yeah, you know, I, I, I didn't. But, you know, I, I just want to say. um, I just want to say, like, I'm going to just give a quick shout out to my boyfriend. Because while I was in the hospital, that man was playing sleepy time music. Had the vibes in the room, right? To make sure I could get some Aww. sleep. Had, Aww. like aromatherapy and like lavender know, right. and make sure like people would leave me alone he would, add, he would right he would answer questions for me so you know shout I, out to that even though i had a traumatic right i had a traumatic birth but i had a supportive partner who made sure that i had everything that i needed Same. that's crazy like Hi. i didn't uh i wish i kind of wish i was in and out I don't, I, I mean, it was nice because they took care of me, but I wish I was in a hospital. I didn't want to have to stay there. Mm. Yeah, I feel like I have a bad vibe of a hospitals anyway, but um, I feel you. I feel like I was even in there a little bit too long. I, was here. I left, went there on a Monday, I left on a Thursday, and I feel like even that was a little too long for me. I was like, I've been here all week. Wow. I stayed for, I'm just like Jazz, I stayed for two days. After um, they circumcised them, and I I could have left earlier, like sooner earlier than the day I left, like late that day, because I was um, it took me like a long time, long time to have like my bowel movement, and you can't leave until mm -hmm. you know you have one, and I was like really yeah. like, I'm like nurse, I can't do it, like it's not like it is gonna hurt, I'm scared, like I could not do it, so. They end up like doing the little peel, like they, you know, you guys can fast forward mm -hmm. on this part as well. Like, so they stick the peel like inside of me. And that's when she was like, You're gonna have to go right away as soon as I stick it up, you but give it five minutes. And it's like, so okay, so that made I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> you made me ask a question. How was y'all pain afterwards? So after you gave birth or whatever, I guess if you had C section it might be different, but like vaginally, um, like actually, how was your first like, you know? pee or whatever like was it really painful for y'all like 
for me yeah. it wasn't painful but it was uncomfortable like i don't think it was painful but it was just uncomfortable it was stinging like almost like i don't know so i don't know was the pain really bad for y'all vaginally for once i did have it afterwards yeah for me after birth was literally the worst pain i ever experienced like after for like if i was to like order it it would be after birth pushing then a contractions like mm. after after birth really like took a toll on me my it was hard to use the bathroom the car ride home i was like telling my partner like slow down and he was growing slow like and i was yelling at him every time he hit a speed bump every time he hit a little bump Ooh. It Did was you like get stitches, Diamond? I got stitches. I got six. How many? Six. Oh, six. Shit. Yeah. Okay, so I didn't get no stitches and I it was pain. It was hurting like bad. So like I, the car ride home, I was like trying to stand up. And my mom had explained to me like when she had her kids, she didn't sit down on none of the car rides home. She was like on her knees, like in the back, standing up, like, like kneeling. And it was like, I couldn't do that. Like, but it was like hurting so bad at the car ride home. Um, also like my first shower had hurt it, like the water pressure hit my boobs because it was still like it was so filled with milk. Like my boobs were in so much pain. And I didn't breastfeed at all. Like I didn't even try, I didn't attempt. Um, we could talk about that on a you know, breastfeeding on another episode, but like it was hurting like so so badly, like everything from the diamond. I relate to that all right home. Yes, because I didn't. I mean, I didn't have vaginal stitches, but I had stitches. Mm, yeah, from the C-section, right? Okay, right. So I was holding on to the side for dear life, like please, like no bumps and nothing, because everything you could feel it all in my, like just all in my stomach, like walking, like I literally was walking bent over. Wow. It took me forever to heal too. I pray for all of y'all because I one thing I will say that I'm maybe because my baby was small, but I didn't have no stitches. And I hear that is that's the most important most important part to heal from is the stitches and like making sure you're sewn up right. So I definitely, you know what I'm saying, feel for y'all. Um before I quick, up this conversation. Oh, go ahead. Go oh, ahead. I had a quick question, then we can wrap it up and it. Did you guys get a chance to like, I don't know if you guys hospital had it, but you got to like push the button and ring the bell on your gender. So once you have your, once they had our, once we had our baby, they moved us to a different floor and walking like the, well, the nurse, like I was in a wheelchair and then they were carrying the baby separately. And in the hallway, they have a button. It's a boy button and it's a girl button. So you hit with gender and then you ring the bell. Did you guys get the experience that? No, they didn't have that. No, they didn't have that. I didn't get that. No. Uh, it was it wasn't a major. I just thought that was cool. Like I was like so excited, like to press a button. I don't like I don't know. <laughs> it was so just I've like, been so in cool. a hospital before that had an announcement that like a baby boy was just born or a baby born. girl is just born. So I definitely I I've heard it before. Okay, for sure. So I do want to go ahead and. Um, wrap up this episode before we do that I want to hit a couple key points that we talked about that I just think are important and just that you know if you're listening you want more information on this please reach out to us via our Instagram or you know we also we have a Twitter coming a Facebook 
So I'm not completely talked about was like a midwife like an OBGYN or really understanding who your doctor is. Um, just a quick background, a midwife is more dedicated for the nurse and they're more dedicated towards your patient versus a doctor. Those are things that to keep in mind. Um, we talked about home birth versus a hospital to speak intention over your birth and like having a less painful birth. Those are good things to do. Um, breathing exercises, both on YouTube and with your doula. We've all kind of, you know, dabbled in that. I know some of us have. Um, we talked about that postpartum checkups and how sometimes those can be uncomfortable or like, you know, or even while you're in labor and they're trying to um, check you and see how much you're dilated. And then um, we also talked about just having a partner there to advocate for you. So those are a couple of topics that we talked about in here that I think are really important and that if any other listeners listening to and maybe they relate or want to give their two cents, please reach out to us on our Instagram at New Age Mamas. And like I said, we'll be having some Twitter coming soon as well as Facebook and other social media. Um, outside of that, we've also been having a raffle. So I, I know you guys have seen us post about our death raffle. So we do eventually have now have a winner. Um, the winner name is going to be, her Instagram name is, I'm sorry if I may say this wrong, Yuna Asia. She's the mother of Aiden. And she is going to be our winner tonight. So, woo! Thank you. Woo! So, yeah, shout out to you, Asia. Definitely, um, Mother to Aiden, you won the Dutch raffle. So, we'll definitely be reaching out to you. Um, thank you so much for participating. And then, just thank you for joining New Age Mamas. We'll be back again next week for a new episode.